Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Joining us from Lions 24-7 is Tyler Donahue. How you been? I've been great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Okay, so... Um, Let's get get a couple of things right now. I know you do a lot following the recruiting part of it. These have been back-to-back big recruiting weekends. What have you been able to delineate from those two big recruiting weekends, Tyler? Yeah, I think, well, first off, not having Ohio State in prime time impacted what you normally would see for an Ohio State matchup in Beaver Stadium, but you were able to overcome that a bit the preceding week. Uh, with that nighttime game in the whiteout, they packed the place, uh, put on a really strong performance against Minnesota, um, sent a lot of 2024s, 2025s with plenty to think about. Um, even some 2023s, the work continues in that department as well. Got commitments back to campus. Always important there to try to you know, generate the camaraderie among potential targets and, and, and get guys feeling like it's home for them. Um, and then this past Saturday, I thought overall, um, pretty solid group of players. Uh, they were able to get a, a group from Southern California in town um you know they had some of their florida commits on a couple weeks ago so they've had some long distance destination type travelers uh checking out campus checking out these games and i thought overall though they didn't come away with the win against ohio state they went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in in college football and and the recruits who are on campus particularly those who will have interest from the ohio states of the world as well i'd have to imagine they left at least really respecting the way penn state played over the course of four quarters for the matchup all right, so what have you thought of the football team to this point? They are 6-2. and two. What are your thoughts as they get ready for Indiana? Yeah, I mean, I had them at 6-2 and two at this point in the season. I think the season has gone a little bit differently uh, at, at spots than I thought it would. Uh, but I had them 5-0. and oh. um, My thought was Michigan-Ohio State was going to determine that. Didn't see that the pounding coming that they took at Michigan coming off of the, the bye week. Um, I don't think really any of us saw that kind of a performance shaping up in, in Ann Arbor. Um, at the same time, I was very curious what it might look like on Saturday. And for the first 51 minutes of this game, it was some of the best football that I think we have seen, especially complimentary football, that we've seen Penn State play in, in recent memory. Uh, it was a testament to their preparation, certainly a testament to their ability to put that Michigan matchup well in the rearview mirror. Um, unfortunately for them, those four turnovers are difficult to overcome against just about anybody on your schedule. When you give a team like Ohio State and quarterback like C.J. Stroud those kind of opportunities, those kinds of short fields, and you're already playing with a narrow margin because of the talent level that you're encountering in that kind of a matchup, uh, it's really impossible to escape with a win. And James Franklin has referenced that a couple times since Saturday. And um, I think We're going to learn a lot in November. That's really, to me, where it's always hinged. I I thought they would lose those two matchups against Michigan and Ohio State, and it would come down to what kind of a team would we see in November. Would they get to the finish line with authority, prove that they are still a class team in the Big Ten, or would we see some of those issues pop up? We've seen this team lose to Maryland. We've seen them lose to Illinois. We've seen them lose a couple times to Iowa in recent years. When you start to get losses like that on your resume – people can forget a little bit maybe what tier you were at in the Big Ten and start to picture you in a different light. So to me, it's important for Penn State to go out and really prove there is a gap between them and everyone else remaining on their schedule in November. The betting spreads are going to reflect the gap. Will the actual execution on the field do that? And Of course, we've got this quarterback uh, conversation to get into just about every week, and it's really hit a different level now that the team has picked up a second loss. So 
I've always said that this this kind of uh, the season and the way it was going to impact the trajectory of James Franklin's uh, tenure here was always going to be determined in November. And by the way, they finished this out. Can they get to those 10 wins, a marquee bowl matchup, or do they stumble? And which quarterback do they do that with? All right, so what has been your thought on the quarterback conversation? But maybe also, you know, as I, mean, I assume you guys have a message board, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm only asking. I mean, no offense, I don't read them, but uh, so I don't read anybody's. Um, but um, so what's that conversation? First of all, what's that conversation been like? And then we'll dovetail it into what you think. Yeah, I'd imagine it's not too different than some of the conversations that you encounter when people approach you before or after games or during the course of your week because they know you cover Penn State football. Um, people are, um, at, at very large uh, percentage of people, I think, are at least a bit fatigued with Sean Clifford, and I think that's been sustained for a while. And Now it's bordering on frustration uh, with Sean Clifford, and it's not so much just what happened in the last game where he – played some of the strongest stretches of his career against Ohio State. Those back-to-back touchdown drives, giving them the lead in the first half. He went 7 of 8, threw a couple touchdowns, and did it methodically and threw three balls over 25-plus yards. But we also saw him make some of the mistakes against a very talented defense and against a virtuoso performance by the defensive end of the Buckeyes. But you saw the kind of things pop up where you say, well, couldn't a true freshman make those kind of mistakes? And isn't that supposed to be this major separating factor in the conversation? We've heard it from Mike Yersich. We've heard it from James Franklin. James, uh, you know, Sean Clifford has the superpower of what he can do pre-snap. He, his preparation is on parallel in the program, and he's started 42 games now at this point in his career. Um, so you have all that on his side, and you say, well, we know all these things about Sean Clifford we can hang our hat on. The problem is I think we also know what you can come to anticipate with Sean Clifford being the starting quarterback. That's going to be, you know, unfortunately that's going to be sustained stretches of ineffective play. That's going to be mistakes that pop up and and cost you uh, opportunities and provide uh, your opponents with a short field. And we don't know what the other door looks like when you open that door number two, but since 2019 when Tommy Stevens left campus and Sean Clifford was the heir apparent to, to Trace McSorley all of a sudden, there's only been one occasion where we've seen James Franklin genuinely remove Sean Clifford from the quarterback role because of performance and put somebody else in there to get a look. And Will Levis got one half of football in that role against Iowa back in 2020. It has been all Clifford since then. I think there's something that's very, uh, very much appreciated about the way James Franklin stands by his quarterback. And, and Sean Clifford really hasn't done a lot to lose the job, but you've brought in the top quarterback in the country by our measurements, 24-7 sports. It's the kind of talent that has not resided in your quarterback room anywhere if you're James Franklin as a head coach. And it feels like this may be the opportunity to set yourself up for not only a strong finish that establishes momentum for your program, gives you opportunities to win, um, but also to springboard yourself toward 2023. And we all know how important perception is in college football if you want the recruits, if you want the donors, if you want the NIL standing, people want wins. When you have seen Drew in limited windows in practice on Wednesdays and then seen him in games, what have you thought? I think it's very impressive what he can do in the pocket while keeping his eyes down the field. Um, a lot of what you see with young quarterbacks when they make that jump from the high school level, even if they're playing at an elite level there, they get into the college game, everything's moving quicker. They're under much more demands for what they need to do for the other 10 guys on the offensive side of the thing. 
and that can lead to overthinking and it can also lead to you just folding up and trying to avoid mistakes to the point where you get so conservative that you're dropping your eyes and you're concentrating on, i got to protect the football. Drew, to me, when we've seen him face a little bit of duress in the pocket, um, you know, haven't had gotten this chance to see a ton of this, but I think he's done a nice job of moving himself away from that, keeping his eyes down the field, kind of relocating the pocket a bit if he needs to laterally. Uh, and that's just something that, that is not really innate with a lot of freshman quarterbacks. And, and I can just tell you, uh, I'd love to see Drew uh, go up against the 11 guys on the practice field, something that we haven't, haven't seen. Um, that, that's the way it works. But what we have seen in games, uh, I think you, know, you come away and you say, it looks good, but you, you, you want to see it in the circumstance where it's not the end of a blowout on one way or the other. He got thrown into a really tough situation against Michigan. And then when you're working with a 25-30 point lead, the way you're calling a game, what you're going to see from a defense, and the pressure that's on your shoulders is going to be very, very different. But I think to this point, everything I've heard from inside the building, the things that we don't see, I love about Drew Aller. He's getting more vocal. Yeah. Uh, he's clearly he's clearly developed physically, and I think his what we're hearing is he has a professional approach to orchestrating an offense. I think aside from Sean Clifford, Will Levis for an, to an extent in 2020, I don't know if they've fully felt like a guy could truly lead them through a season if they need to. Maybe I'm shortchanging Christian Veyer. Uh, I think they feel very highly of him. But what you hear about Drew Aller is that 18, 19 years old, he is somebody who can lead an offense and potentially go out and chase a, a Big Ten title. And, and to hear that now behind the scenes is great. But what does it look like when it's exposed to a Big Ten defense and exposed to a group of fans that are expecting greatness? Uh so this is a devil's advocate question, if you don't mind. Okay, so I'll throw a devil's advocate question out there, and then I'll get your reaction. If I were to tell everybody that the three top quarterbacks in this particular year, which are Hendon Hooker, right, Tennessee, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, and Bryce Young of Alabama, that the three of them combined in their freshman years to throw a total of 22 pass attempts, what would you? I know every situation is different. So I get that. But again, this is a devil's advocate question. What would you say to that? Yeah, I'm sorry. It was Hendon Hooker. And who were the other two? Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Yeah, well, I would, I would say that, I mean, in the case of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, they showed up to campuses where there were, you know, Heisman Trophy contenders in place at quarterback. It's a, it's a different kind of lineage in that ballpark. Um, but but I, I think, didn't, you know. Did, but didn't, I, their, didn't their teams as big-time teams blow teams out? Certainly. Oh, you're talking about. The I mean, ability just to just get just just get him on the field. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I th- I yeah. think James Franklin has actually done a good job. Um, I think he has done a better job than in the past. I think that also speaks about what they're seeing from Drew Aller and them understanding it is necessary to do this. Um, he's played six times in eight games. I don't think you could ask for much more. I'm not someone who's in favor of just throwing him in for a second quarter series just to mess with things and get a look at him. Is, is, again, gonna, I, Tyler, it's a, it's a devil's advocate question. That's all it is. Yeah. In other words, let's ask a question that has some facts to it, and let's get your reaction as to what you think. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, I guess that's where I, I think James Franklin has done a good job through eight weeks of working him in. I don't think the question is about working him in now. It's about who is your starting quarterback. Yeah. And that's where that's why it shifted. Fair answer. No, no, fair answer. That's why again, it was just one of those, okay, let's have a little fun here and throw throw one out, you know. Every sure. once every once in a while you do that just to see what sticks on the wall and what slides down. <laughs> Tyler, it's always great having you on the show. You do a great job and appreciate the time you gave us today. Steve, thank you so much. Look forward to doing it again. Take care. Thanks, Tyler.